Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner. And today, as usual, and each week since the beginning of COVID, we bring you information regarding divorce, uh, before, during, and after, things, modification, uh, child support, paternity, contempt, you name it. Uh, try to bring you the latest information, tips, tricks, advice uh, in terms of what you should do to seek out an attorney to get further information on your case. As I begin each week, we always talk about that this isn't to be taken as an attorney-client relationship, as you know. I continue to tell you, seek out the advice of an attorney, and specifically one that practices exclusively in family law. The facts and circumstances, the details of your case will always dictate something different in terms of what's discussed and the path that we or some other attorney advises you to take. So just going knowing that, we'll continue on. We welcome back Alex Ritter to our show. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So today, uh, we were just off uh, camera talking about something near and dear to your heart, which you're excited about, that you have an LLM uh, with regards to mediation. So we want to talk about that. So maybe, you know, especially during COVID, uh, or really any time where the court system's slow, the court date isn't what you wanted, it may be way down the road. Mediation is a process that really, I talk about it, you know, informally, because at least in my state, Missouri, it's not required to do. Mm-hmm. There are states where I was practicing in Georgia, it is required, but maybe walk through to those that are listening and watching here, what mediation is. I mean, I think we all have a general understanding, but kind of just walk them through that generally. So, so the mediation process is, is quite fluid, actually. Um, the, I think one of the most important things to know about mediation that I think the parties can take a lot of comfort in is the whole process is confidential. Um, and it's confidential on two levels. Not only is the whole process confidential, but as you're working with the mediator, what you say in your breakout sessions is also confidential unless you give them authorization to share it with the other side. The benefit to that is that the mediator has the ability to see everything and try to work both parties away from what's maybe causing any, you know, fear or uncertainty towards a workable resolution between them. Um, And then the process during the day, again, is a fluid situation. You start with, you know, usually an opening, you know, uh, speech or discussion with the mediator. You go into an exploration phase where you're finding out what people's positions are, as well as what may be underpinning those positions. And then you start bargaining and then you start working towards the conclusion. The good thing is, is at any point you can go back and forth between those phases on different issues or even on the same issue. So it's, it's really more like a, an intense discussion trying to get to the heart of the matter and, and hopefully reach a resolution that works for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I think it was, um, well, certainly Jonathan Wynn in our Utah office and then Rosario Santoyo um, in our San Diego office, we were talking a lot about, ways their courts were shut uh, and clients were just itching to get to conclusion and that was a real fast way for them to begin the process and trying to develop a path to resolution whether they got there or not at least they were moving forward and I think it's a great idea but you know the one thing that many I think are hesitant when they think about mediation it's an maybe an added expense perhaps or maybe it's a cheaper way of getting things resolved but many I've heard will say well look let's just go there I don't want to waste a lot of time and money. You know, uh, let's just see what happens at mediation, and and which means you're not preparing, which is disastrous. And I think that what I was trying to think about as I was uh, walking through this was like the presidential debates that are coming up. 
you know, there's always this question that's, you know, who's preparing? What are they doing to prepare? Are they even preparing? Or is it sufficient preparation? With such uh, importance on the line, think about it, that they're taking everything. They're, they're months of preparation, not mm -hmm. just the day before, the week before, because it's so important. And so I can't stress enough, and I think you'll talk about it here, is preparation. Why is it important? And then kind of what do you do to get a client ready for this mediation process? So it's, it's sort of a multifaceted approach. First of all, you've got to really be able to assess, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of your cases. Um, you've got to be able to look at, you know, the evidence and exhibits that you're going to be using. Um, and you're also going to be drafting submissions. Um, you know, most mediators have a protocol that they want followed. Uh, and at least here in Connecticut, uh, the ones that I do generally, they want a procedural history. They want to know what's happened on this case. You know, you can look at the case history and actually get a feel for, you know, how much are these parties fighting? What are they fighting over? Um, and, and if you give that to the judge in a snapshot or the mediator in a snapshot, it really gives them a flavor for that. Then also knowing what the proposed orders are. I mean, what do you want when you come out of this mediation? You can't just go in and expect an open conversation. You know, what are you looking at and, and what are you hoping to achieve? Um, and then in addition to that, there's a thing called confidential submissions, which it's not always necessary in cases, but I think in particularly contested cases, there are probably things that may not have been able to come out in trial, you know, for, you know, reasons that you don't have the foundation or the evidence or everything, but, but they're important and they're part of the whole mix of the case. The mediator can take that on board in a confidential submission and it really helps them to get the context of what's going on. Yeah, You know, no the timeline on that, I mean, the more prep you do, the more prepped you are for trial if you end up not settling. I, yeah, the preparation is so important. You and I talked about this. Uh, for example, our attorneys at Cordell and Cordell, you know, the comments we've received from judges walking in with an analysis, research, memorandums on the spot issues, not just casually walking in. I mean, that's really, and I've said this for, I mean, I've been doing this for 27 years. I've said it the entire time that family law is plagued by too much casual nature and preparation mm -hmm. or attending court by the, by the bench or by the bar, you know, and it's uh, oftentimes a small bar, meaning that it's a small number of attorneys that they all know each other. They just stroll in and they treat these opportunities with unimportance. And for us, and I think as you suggest, preparation is so important and impressions on, on whether it's a, you know, the mediating judge or attorney or a judge in a pretrial, that you just can't gloss over the fact that preparation is the best investment you'll ever have. Because if you don't settle, now you can use this information, use the things that you've created as you march towards either another pre-trial conference with the trier of fact, or even at trial. It's not wasted opportunity. I, I, I just, it's like, uh, you know, my 10 stupidest mistakes, I talk about focus on financial uh, statements, income and expense, statement of property. Again, family law is plagued by uh, attorneys who don't focus enough on the preparation side. And it is just, just deeply important. Doctors wouldn't not look at test results or x-rays and just wing it. You know, right. it's the last thing you want to know. And they say, hey, doc, you ready? Well, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. How about you? You know, I'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. No. Well, and that's the thing too, is you're, as you're working through this and even through the course of the mediation day, or, or even if it's a hybrid, like I recently worked on where it's a mediation and an arbitration, depending on how the, how the issues go, you're going to really quickly see what are the strengths and weaknesses of both cases. <laughs> so you may learn something in the, in the mediation where 
clearly you can't use negotiations, you know, in your trial, but you certainly may have learned certain things that are weaknesses for them that can help you craft yeah. your case. Totally. I mean, I've always said, you know, arbitration mediation or mediation is not a waste. I looked at it. I always tell my clients, this will last two minutes or two days. You never know. But I get to hear what their evidence is going to be. I get to kind of hear the theory of the case. I get to hear the weaknesses of our case, uh, the things that they're going to try to hit you on. Uh, it right. prepares me completely. It's like a deposition. Same way I, I approach these things a little bit differently that I may not bring up the big secrets I have uh, on the other side. I may or may not do that in mediation. I think we're close. Sure. It'll get us across the finish line. But I, these are opportunities for discovery, to understand, and to better prepare the clients. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. Prep is just key, but what is the process, I guess the phases? Like, you know, guys walk in, they're nervous, they don't know what to expect, um, you know, talk about surgery. They say, okay, you're going to be in pre-op and here's what's going to happen. You're going to see a nurse. You're going to see an anesthesiologist. Then we're going to do this. They almost, you know, interestingly detailed so that you get more comfortable. You know, they don't want you nervous. They don't want your blood pressure spiking. They don't want you, you know, your oxygen saturation to be good and not, you know, hyperventilate. And that's the point, you know, at Cordell, we talk about our levels of communication with clients, whether it be roadmaps and significant issues letters, but Let's talk to clients about, are the guys watching right now, the phases, what are they going to expect when they walk in the door? So on a typical day, I mean, it can really, again, as I said earlier, it's a really fluid process. So it can take on any form, but what they can generally expect is, you know, generally a mediator will walk in and say, okay, here's our plan for the day. And they're going to explain whether or not they're going to start in a joint session with all of the parties. Sometimes the parties are too contested to do that, so they don't. Um, and they'll say, we're gonna have some breakout sessions. I'm gonna go between you know, all of the parties and, and, and start talking to you about where you're at and why you are asking for the things that you're asking for. And that's called the exploration phase. Um, but it's essentially that time where the mediator can really start asking the questions that um, popped into their head as they're reading the submissions that you hopefully have prepped very well. Um, you know, the next phase is, is your bargaining phase. So once you kind of get through that and the mediator has a good idea of not only what your positions are, because that's, that's really your numbers or what your end result is, you know, what your custody, what you want it to be, but what's, what's the underpinning piece there that's, that's, keeping those positions where they are that they need to try to move to get to an agreement. So that's what they're trying to get at during the exploration. Once they know that and they can try to get people closer together, then you start walking into the bargaining phase. Well, if, if you were able to get this, this, and this, would you concede on this, this, and this? And then they get a real feel for what your flex points are and what, what they aren't. Uh, and then if you can reach conclusion on an issue, that's great. If you have another issue, you know, then you move on and you do that phase over again. Um, but again, it can go back and forth into different issues or into different phases 
even on the same issue because new information could come to light. Like you said, that confidential information that you may or may not use, but if something's happening and you're like, you know what, this might actually sway this one way or another, you kind of go back into a different phase and it's a long day. It's a long yeah, day, you know, absolutely. And, and, but it's worth it because I think you really do get a lot of information, even if you don't settle. And sometimes you get right to the end and you just think I, I can't, I can't do this. And then a lot of times within a couple of days, parties calm down, they think about it and they think, okay, you know what, maybe I could live with this, that, or the other, or maybe yeah. not. And then that's when, you know, you're prepped, ready to go. You've got, you know, a lot more information than you did before so that you can get ready for trial. Yeah. And, and understanding kind of the cost benefit analysis and, and that preparation will expose that. And, you know, I always tell the client, I'm going to walk you in with your best case and your worst case scenarios so that we kind of know what we're dealing with. If an offer comes across the table, we can look at what I can tell you based upon what we know right now, what I think the judge would do, what's the best case the judge would do, what's the likely case the judge would do, and what's the worst case. So then, you know, if we fall in between, then we're going to talk about, okay, here's what we're going to spend getting ready for trial approximately. You know, we never can, you know, that's the age old question, how much will this cost me? We're going to make some pretty good guesstimates. Um, but then again, it's, you know, settlement means everyone gets something less than what they wanted. Okay. And if you're, and if the other side's getting everything they wanted, um, you better walk away unless there's a darn good reason. And That's so, right. you know, everybody's going to have to give. That's like any negotiation. It's like, you know, buying a car, you know, a salesman, you know, they're all going to give. You got to get the other side in position to give and make them fear that the result would be worse but for settlement. So that, that's the preparation right. phase. Yeah. So last thing is we're running out of time. There are different forms. You know, we, we toss around words or titles um, and, and no one understands what ADR or mediation, arbitration, right. what's the difference and are they applicable? So mediation is, as I said, it's a, it's a confidential process. It's more like a settlement negotiation. You're sitting around the table, the parties are there. Uh, they can be represented by attorneys or um, you know, sometimes there are attorneys that act as mediators, you know, that just work with parties, but they, it's a, it's a process during the day that you just sit and talk and you try to negotiate a settlement. Mm -hmm. An arbitration acts much more like a trial. Uh, you give evidence, there's testimony, uh, and the decision is binding. Um, typically it's, it's, you sign an order that says whatever the, you know, recommendations of the arbitrator are, it's a binding recommendation on that. Uh, and I just participated in a process where it was a hybrid of that. So we were mediating certain issues. If we couldn't resolve an issue, the judge said, then we're going to reserve that issue for an arbitration. And my, my recommendation goes and the parties agreed to it. They signed that they agree to that. And in that arbitration, the judge can use any information that she's received either during the mediation, the confidential submissions, plus any testimony and evidence that's presented during the arbitration itself uh, during the hearing. So it's a little different. Um, it's much more formal process for, for arbitration, but can be effective in certain situations for sure. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about COVID and its applicability really indirectly, but that's the point I think in this, where I thought this was a really good topic to talk about today, which was guys watching, listening, they need to go to their attorney and say, you know, hey, I know my case feels like it's stalled. The court system isn't open. For example, here in St. Louis County, we're in phase zero. Uh, we can't get out of phase zero at the court system, which means everything's shut down. There aren't any in-person hearings, you know, infrequent Zoom. Uh, cases just, they hit kind of a plateau. Uh, this is an opportunity to kind of further your case. You should have that discussion with your attorney. 
say, hey, is this right for me? And if it is, let's talk through it. Or if it's not, why not? Um, and certainly uh, reach out, and, and that's something that's important. So Alex, great stuff for uh, giving guys an alternative to get their case moved forward or even save them some money in the end or get a result that they didn't expect, uh, leaving it to someone like on the bench that who knows when that'll happen, a year from now or six months. Right. So appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you. Continue to tune in to our podcast. We'll do twice each week. Uh, next week, we're going to address some questions that were submitted at our town hall this month and make sure we get those answers uh, and also do some of the repeat questions. Uh, you have an opportunity to kind of put your feet in those shoes and guys around the country who have the same problems that you do, you'll hear the answers that our panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys gave at our town hall this month in September. Tune in to the next month uh, in October. We'll again address some issues in October regarding family law and continue to tune into our podcast. Check us out on our YouTube page as well as social media or online at CordellCordell.com. We're available for consults. If you hear this and you want to hear more from Alex or some of the attorneys around the country, 866-DADS-LAW or on the web CordellCordell.com. Until next time, have a great week.